This is a Rooster Teeth production. November 23rd, 1912. A ship loaded with Christmas trees sinks in a violent storm on Lake Michigan. All on board were killed, but the wreck would become a legend that lives on to this day. I'm Charlotte. I'm Patrick. I'm Brian. Ahoy and welcome aboard Ship Hits the Fan, a podcast about some of history's most notable uh-ohs and whoopsies on the high seas and lakes. Yes, a lot of lakes, actually. Did I do the whole... Uh, I don't know, uh, You're close uh, enough. Oops, uh-ohs and whoopsies yeah. on the high seas. Isn't that one? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. You just added and lakes, so it kind of changed the rhythm of yeah, it. Yeah, I'm so. just, I'm off. You know what? I got to go back to the, it's like a spider web. I got to start from the top. <clears throat> I'm Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Patrick. <laughs> I'm Brian. Hello and welcome aboard Ship It's the Fan there Podcast about some history's most notable O's and what we've on the high seas. Uh, we got a good one for you today, but stick around. End of the show, we got to talk about some uh, some podcast, some stuff. Some, some biz. Yeah. So yes. Stick around for that. Or skip ahead if you don't even listen. Yeah, I mean, if you're you just can't... here for like the business side, <laughs> skip to the end. It's like the people that play like uh, like 2K, but they just do the career mode and watch on the calendar. It's just a simulation for coaching. They're not yeah, actually yeah. trying to play the games. No. Um. <clears throat> Why are you clearing your throat? Because I'm going to do the intro. Oh, you have one written? Oh, All I right. have one written up here. Okay, let's I know it. it's not in the oh. dock, but... <clears throat> Secret intro. A lake so great as to contain one wreck? No, I think not. There was more than just one. Not just the Edmund Fitzgerald, I say, but no, the Rouse Simmons. It's a different lake. Yeah, but they're great lakes. <laughs> it's an entirely different I know, they're water. different. Like, one's Lake Superior? Yeah. In Charlotte's yeah. defense, I think of them as the same. It's they okay. who who cares, right? Well, at least people know that like Lake Michigan and Lake Superior exist. The other ones, it's like Lake Erie. No one fucking no one knows Lake Erie. As a Pennsylvanian, I know Lake Erie. No. It touches us. That's no. the dump lake by Cleveland, right? That caught on fire. Yeah, yeah probably. Lake Ontario? No, no one I'm sorry. No, Listen, one I, forget, no. <laughs> yeah. They don't even know the name of that. No, no. I think I was doing okay before I was at I was I was <clears throat> No, not the Edmund Fitzgerald. No, this is a different ship. The Rouse Simmons, the Christmas tree ship. But don't worry, don't fret, my dear, precious listener. Your ears will be blessed, if you choose, by a song about this wreck. Okay. Because it's not just Gordon Lightfoot. It's also Lee Murdoch, who did write a song about the Christmas tree ship in 1989. Uh, It has one review on Amazon, one star. Good. Yep. That's all you need. (laughs) That's... That's all, a, that's, that's all. A lot going on around here, folks. Not, anyway. not a lot of time to write um, BS. So, yeah, let's get into it. The Rouse Simmons was a three-masted schooner built in Milwaukee in 1868. It was more than 123 feet long and was named after Kenosha businessman Rouse Simmons, who also served in the Wisconsin State Assembly. The schooner was then purchased by wealthy lumber magnate Charles H. Hackley of Muskegon, Michigan, and it was added to his large fleet of ships. Brian mentioned beforehand there's a lot of uh, good Midwestern names in here, so I'm just doing my best with the pronunciations. I'm I'm going oh, off just of I'm doing like my in. mentat, my eyes roll back in my head and I <laughs> access everything I can to yeah. figure out how to connecting to your ancestors. Yeah, yeah. It it all all of these names feel like somebody making fun of Wisconsin. Yeah. Every single city. I, it's not hard to do. It's not hard to do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Hackley's fleet served across most of Lake Michigan's coastline, and the Rouse Simmons became a workhorse, shipping lumber from company mills to several ports around the lake for around 20 years. At its peak, the schooner was making almost weekly runs between Grand Haven, Michigan, and Chicago. The ship later exchanged hands several times. This was a common thing with similar schooners, and they were known as tramp ships. <laughs> mean. First of all, everybody was sleeping with these ships. Yeah, voted most likely to not. I don't. I don't even know. It sounds very. That high was school. good. That was good. That was good. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't want to say anything vulgar. Sure. This is a family show. Who cares? Just do it. Say whatever you want. <laughs> Go on. Okay, do keep, it. Keep reading. In 1910, a veteran mariner named Herman Scheunemann bought an interest in the ship and then expanded that in 1912. The other shares were owned by Captain Charles Nelson of Chicago, who would sail alongside Scheunemann on the fatal journey, and the larger share, three-fourths, was owned by a Michigan businessman, Mans J. Bonner. God damn, these names. Wow. Just painfully Midwestern. Every, this whole thing. Every so many letters. by like 20 names, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just do your first and last name. My God. What happened to Steve Smith? I asked yeah. you. That's what we had back in Steve the real Smith America. couldn't cut it <laughs> on Lake Michigan, Brian. He didn't have the medal. Who are these Germans? These Germans? Yeah, I think there's some, yeah German, yeah. maybe Scandinavian. Yeah. Is there Scan Scandinavians. None of these are Scandinavian. No, no, Scheinemann. I think there might be some Scheinemann's, That's German, I think. Scheunemann. Scheunemann used the ship to haul Christmas trees from northern Michigan to Chicago. It's something that he and his brother, who later died in a schooner wreck, <laughs> had been doing for Ooh. nearly 30 years. Is that big trade Christmas tree business? Uh, I would imagine so. I used to work out of the back, yeah, of, a, back of a semi-trailer selling Christmas trees at Costco. Yeah. One of the best jobs I ever had. What, what show? Was it Battlestar Galactica yeah, you watched yeah. on your phone? Yeah, yeah. with a little space heater. <laughs> it didn't really work very well. And then I would just like pee in the back because I was so far away from the store. There, I just leave to go get coffee oh and my snacks. God. There's a version Is that of why you. it was the best job? Yes. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> There's a version that never left that trailer. There's a Patrick yeah, out yeah. there that just stayed and was happy yeah. there. I Honestly, I, I think I could have been very happy there. Think of all the shows you could have watched. Make a every every year you get a raise, good benefits, <laughs> and you get a Christmas tree at the end of the yeah, season. Cheaper cost of living in, in January. Minnesota, you know? Yeah. Uh, so while other Christmas tree traders sold their wares to wholesalers and local grocers, Schoenemann sold them directly to Chicago residents at the side of the dock by Clark Street Bridge. I think Clark Street Bridge wasn't that the same bridge that the Eastland collapsed it into? It sounds very familiar. Oh, I'm wondered. pretty sure because I wanted to know. Well, when we uh, talked about the Eastland, when we did our episode, a lot of people tweeted at us and uh, sent us messages of the sign for the Christmas tree ship, which is like right there. So uh, if it's not oh. the same bridge, it is. Uh, remarkably close. It close is. Spot. It is the same bridge. It is the same bridge. It's okay, the same bridge. Yeah, that is amazing. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah, the Eastland. Yeesh. The Eastland was scheduled to sail from that dock. Incredible. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah, my man it. just sails his ship up, puts his sign out, and says, "Come get your trees." No middleman. He's yep. he's a direct seller. Exactly. And this is this is still three years before the Eastland, and he's got incredible financing options. <laughs> this is the same year as the uh, Titanic. Yeah. Nineteen twelve. Oh. Yeah. So by cutting out the middleman, his trees could be sold cheaply while still making a profit. Hey. That's right, folks. <laughs> I'm disrupting the Christmas tree industry. 
So Shoneman used the slogan, Christmas trees ship, my prices are the lowest. And he festooned the ship with electric Christmas lights and a tree atop its main mast. This Don guy Draper ass. Rolls off the tongue. <laughs> this guy rolls off the tongue there. Understood marketing. You really could just say that and people are like, by golly, I gotta get me one of I these mean, trees. I mean, I would buy it from the Christmas tree ship. My price is all the lowest. That's way cooler. Like a ship that just rolls into the city. <laughs> I'm imagining and, uh, it just rolls in. full Floats, tilt, I guess. Yeah. going straight <laughs> on, <laughs> beaching on the yeah. Chicago Riverbank. This they're is just, what they took from us. Yeah, yep. they're throwing trees off the side like the Grinch at the yep. end. <laughs> oh, I'm wondering the, logistically, because the Chicago River is like 30 feet below street level. It's like it's not... It's not at level with the streets. You Maybe. gotta haul this they thing like you gotta haul these ladders. trees up the stairs. I like, mean, they had children <laughs> probably yeah. putting in work. I guess right? so. Yeah, yeah. So the trees were sold for between fifty cents and a dollar. But Herman Scheunemann, who became known as Captain Santa, very cool, <laughs> also gave away some of the trees to needy families. Man of the people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If okay. you look at a picture of him, he's not exactly Santa looking, but he's got a big bushy mustache. He's not not Santa looking either. Like he rides that line. Well, he this has is the Santa spirit, if not the look. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Had, had Coca-Cola popularized the image that we associate with Santa Claus these days? Because, you know, if they're oh. if he's German, they bring in all kinds of like Christmas like. Uh, Santa Claus stuff with them, right? Santa Claus. Santa Claus. Yeah, probably. Santa Claus. Who knows? Santa Claus. Showing them in Santa Claus. So, showing them. Yeah, I guess you can have a tree. Tell it it's from Santa Claus. Yeah, okay, tell, tell okay, your bye-bye. tell your poor friends. No, your brother, your brother cannot have one too. Just one for poor family. Thank you. Mine brother died in a schooning accident. You can be poor, but you have to you have to show that you're actively looking for work or employed. Yeah, to get it's the means free tree. tested Christmas tree. Yeah, handouts. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we went we went to uh, a couple years back. Uh, we took the kids to the mall to get a picture with the mall Santa, mm-hmm. and he at the end uh, they got a cookie, or there were like there was a basket of cookies, and uh, so one of the kids took one, and then the other tried to take one, and Santa goes, uh, uh, uh. Y'all can share that one. Whoa. <laughs> he only got one cookie. I mean, he said split a cookie. Santa, the oh ultimate God. capitalist, right? Yeah. Uh, well, no, because yeah. he's giving stuff, everything away for free. Uh, not to the naughty. Maybe Although, that's true. Merch. He does. Maybe he, maybe. I did notice at a very young age that Santa seems to love certain kids a lot more than others. <laughs> Like, <laughs> some kids were living on Christmas. Like, Santa brought the mall yes. on Christmas. Yes. But, hey, you know, Santa's got his own. We don't know. Anything we don't know. you want to hash out, Patrick? The ways of Santa. Anything that never was under the tree for I, you? No, but the ways of Santa are a mystery. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yes, yeah, Santa, we don't Santa would bring me any Transformer I wanted as long as it was under $50, I noticed. And other yeah, kids yeah. got the whole battle station. I also <laughs> noticed that some years would be like Santa would, you know, Santa would go all out. Yeah. Like one year in particular, I remember. Yeah. Santa had a very good year <laughs> that year. So it's just strange that Santa is kind of, you know, like tied to the economy. I, I mean, you know. What what is Santa but kind of like the market right incarnate right, right? yeah the guiding yeah. hand of the free market the guiding is hand of Santa the North Claus. Pole yeah <laughs> cool did your parents ever it's fake you try to fake market. you out <laughs> what do you mean fake what out? do you mean like uh, mine would always go look it's like we 
like this has been a really tough year and we we do not have enough money for christmas gifts or or say like it's going to be touch and go and then but to sort of i guess build up tension and then santa would bring gifts but all that did was give me lifelong financial anxiety oh no Mm. i don't think i don't think i had that my uh, oh yeah my mom would uh buy stuff in front of me in November or October and then go like Santa's gonna bring it later <laughs> knowing full well that you were so stupid <laughs> it wouldn't it wouldn't but she kept doing it and I was like in high school and she like bought me a pair of shoes and she's like nah these will be under the tree I'm like mm-hmm. what no can I have them I'm 16 yeah <laughs> uh so yeah let's get into the thing the podcast is about shipwrecks that brings us to the final voyage of the Rouse Simmons in November of 1912 Schoenemann had loaded the schooner with 5,500 trees from Thompson Harbor near Manistique, Michigan. I'm guessing it's Manistique. It could also be Manistique. No, it's Manistique, I'm I'm assuming you've been to all these places. I defer to your judgment here. I'm going to say Manistique. This is weird. This is like a French thing or something, right? Manistique. Yeah. Yeah. We don't do the French stuff where I'm from. (laughs) We don't do that free Uh, As usual, he planned to take them to Chicago, which was about a week-long trip. We should mention that the month of November was infamous on the Great Lakes for having violent storms. Gales in November. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. The fear of difficult weather had stopped Schoenemann's competitors from making their own trips, and snow had covered the tree farms in Michigan and Wisconsin. Because there wasn't as much competition, Schoenemann hoped that a shortage of Christmas trees would lead to a big profit and solve his financial problems. So far, though, in 1912, the month of November had been relatively quiet, with only one significant storm so far. But another storm was brewing. On the day of the Rouse Simmons' departure, November 22, 1912, conditions were very poor. Lots of ships were anchored in port for shelter to avoid being battered by the 60-mile-per-hour winds that could possibly come with a November gale. Local legends said that some sailors refused to board the Simmons and that the vessel was unseaworthy. It did have somewhat of a bad reputation. Two years earlier, the schooner had been towed to port by the Grand Haven Tribune after it was found riding low in the water. Despite this, the journey went on as planned. The Rouse Simmons, which was laden with 3,000 to 5,000 Christmas trees, left the dock at Thompson Harbor in Michigan. Some eyewitnesses said that the ship looked like a floating forest. That's pretty cool. Trees filled the ship's cargo hold and covered its deck. The weight of the trees was far above recommendations, especially in the bad winter weather. But I mean, come on, when have we ever covered something that wasn't far exceeding its weight recommendations? <laughs> I know, seriously. What are we going to do? Uh, a real common thread. Yeah. What are we going to say? There was a reasonable amount of cargo on no, this no, no. schooner? <laughs> I think we did one episode where they were under, like, under the passenger limits. Yes. And it was, like, remarkable for that reason, that mm-hmm. it was, like, under or around the passenger limitation. If everyone else is staying in port and you're deciding to go out in bad weather with a load of trees, it's just, uh, I mean, it also must look like one of those floating like sovereign islands or something. Yeah. Yeah. Like laws don't apply. Uh, International waters. You know, these people are all just waiting around for the captain to be like, you know what? All right, fine. Go home. I mean, it probably smelled great. It does. It smells amazing. The whole ship probably smelled incredible. I mean, this does have the energy of like a dad being like, no. We're getting the perfect tree, yeah. and we're not leaving here until we find it. It's 20 degrees. Mm-hmm. This was the plot of vacation, Chevy Chase taking his kids to Wally World. Yeah. Like, oh, wh- no matter what happens. They should do a Back to the Future 3 type vacation where it's like 1800s Griswolds. <laughs> we are going to that lynching no matter what. <laughs> oh, no. The Great Lakes in winter, Jesus especially like Superior and Lake Michigan, 
I guess if you go far enough north on any of them. I like Erie. But like, no, not like Erie. That's too far south. Oh, okay. It doesn't count. It's too small, it's too. It's balmy. It's, it's really a tropical small. lake. It's like hell. It's hell. It's hell. In winter up there. I'm talking like negative 50 degrees. People right. shouldn't live there. Like it's, it's the worst. Jeez. Yeah. Oh my God. I didn't know it was that bad. God. Yeah. With wind chill and stuff, it's like negative 50. Oh my God. Yeah. Go well, yeah, up you like Lake Michigan, it's like terrible. It's yeah. so cold. Yeah. yeah and Lake Erie is like a. No, bear. no one talks about Lake Erie. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> and Lake Huron? Forget about it. No one's talking about Lake Huron. <laughs> oh, come I forgot about it. Exactly. Oh my Everyone God. does. Lake Huron. Everyone does. Here on out, we're going to be remembering it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Here we go. Um, so, as the Ross Simmons was leaving, a schooner piloted by Captain Gustav Hansen was just arriving at the pier. Hansen would later tell reporters that when he saw the Ross Simmons heading out with the storm already blowing, he had said to the others, Captain Schreinemann must be in a terrible hurry to get those trees to market. I wouldn't go out in this storm. Those boys will be lucky if they don't go to the bottom. Good. They were not lucky. <laughs> His fears turned out to be justified. Around the time the Ross Simmons left port, a storm was forming on the lake that would go on to sink several ships before it was done. <laughs> During the night of the 22nd, storms hit the Ross Simmons hard. Two sailors were sent to check the lashings on deck, and both were knocked overboard by a giant wave, which also swept away a number of bundled trees as well as a small boat. Captain Scheunemann directed the schooner towards Bailey's Harbor, Wisconsin, presumably to seek shelter. Uh, but the storm worsened, ice formed on the trees, and winds battered the hull. Mm -hmm. We don't know what happened next, but the next afternoon at 2.50 p.m., a rescue station in Kewanee, Wisconsin, spotted the Rouse Simmons. The ship was in bad shape. It was low in the water and had tattered sails. It was also flying its flag at half-mast to signal that it was in distress. If the, you know, tattered sails and being low in the water hadn't <laughs> tipped you off. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. The rescue station didn't have a boat to send out for rescue, so staff telephoned the nearest other station and informed them of the situation. That second station, located just south of Kiwani, sent out a powerboat to try and rescue the crew, but Simmons was not seen again. It sank sometime later that day. God damn, so they saw it. They were like, note to self, rescue we them. We should go out there we soon. We should go out there soon. Yeah. Yeah, I think their other boat was like the the station that saw them. Their, their boat was either out for repairs or is out for some other reason. They just didn't have it. And you wonder, yeah, maybe they could have gotten to it. Yeah. Your loved ones are complex, beautiful mysteries, but Uncommon Goods knows exactly what they want. Whether you're shopping for mom, dad, teenagers, in-laws, or your best friends, Uncommon Goods makes it easy to find remarkable and truly original gifts for anyone. Uncommon Goods wants your holiday season to be stress-free, so check out their selection of thousands of items today. They've got a ton of cool stuff on there. Right now, I'm looking at the website, I'm seeing some awesome National Park glassware, a tiny little indoor s'mores fire pit. Maybe you don't have a fireplace, but you need, a, you need s'mores, right? There you go. It's perfect. Uncommon Goods looks for products that are high quality, unique, and often handmade or made in the U.S. They have the most meaningful, out-of-the-ordinary gifts anywhere. No matter what they are into, Uncommon Goods has the perfect gift. From art and jewelry to kitchen, home, and bar, Uncommon Goods has something for everyone, not the same lackluster gifts you could find just anywhere. And when you shop at Uncommon Goods, you're supporting artists and small independent businesses. With every purchase you make, they give $1 to a nonprofit partner of your choice. They've donated more than $2.5 million to date. So to get 15% off your next gift, go to uncommongoods.com slash shiphitsfan. That's uncommongoods.com slash shiphitsfan 
for 15% off. Don't miss out on this limited time offer on common goods. We're all out of the ordinary. Now, a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Guys, it can be difficult when you're in the middle of something stressful or trying or especially difficult to get focused on the problems in front of you instead of the solutions. But you know, think about it. How might that situation be better with a different mindset? It can be tough to train your brain to stay in problem-solving mode when faced with a challenge in life, but when you learn how to find your own solutions, there's no better feeling, and a therapist can help you become a better problem solver, making it easier to accomplish your goals, no matter how big or small. I really like therapy. Like, I really like therapy. It has gotten me through some really, really difficult moments in my own life, and it can help to have somebody to offer some perspective that you don't have yourself, or it helps to just have someone to talk to who is professional. So if you are thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, accessible, affordable, and entirely online. Get matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey and switch therapists anytime. When you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash shiphitsfan today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash shiphitsfan. Uh, everyone on board was killed, including Captain Scheinemann, Captain Charles Nelson, who was part owner of the schooner, and approximately nine or ten other sailors. Other estimates place the number of men aboard the ship as high as 23, with the others being a party of lumberjacks who had secured their passage back to Chicago. lumberjack party? Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> that would be so, yeah, I want to be on the ship with a bunch of lumberjacks heading yeah. back to Chicago. Yeah, ideally a float. What? I don't, I wouldn't want to sink. <laughs> I'm saying I with wouldn't want to be on this ship with the lumberjacks. No, you'd want it, yeah, just a regular lumberjack. Just a regular just lumberjack. Being party around. Yeah, like the Vikings. <laughs> right. These <laughs> are like around. two dozen of our t- <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> These are like two dozen of our toughest dudes we lost, I feel like. Yeah, and they loved Christmas too, which is even sadder. It's so it's so hard to you know find a a, a strong man with a kind yeah. heart hanging on to a <laughs> heart of gold, hanging on to the top of a giant like Rockefeller uh, p- uh, 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 pine tree sinking below the waves, just arms yeah, wrapped yeah, around yeah. the top like oh jeez. Um, were the trees okay? I imagine they floated right. Oh wait, actually no, that's not no they didn't. However. There was no wreckage, bodies, or cargo found. Ah. It was about 10 days before it was acknowledged that the ship had indeed sank in the storm. So, really? Like, they didn't even find any floating trees? The trees all sank? There, reports say there was only <laughs> uh, a slight wafting of pine. Yeah, and it's... It the lumberjacks nice. ate them on the way down. Yeah, yeah. The Simmons was not the only ship to go down during the storm, with the South Shore and the Three Sisters also sinking in the storm. The loss of the Rouse Simmons was big news in Chicago, with headlines like Christmas ship lost and Santa Claus ship and 13 men lost in lake. Santa Claus dead. (laughs) Executed. (laughs) For his crimes. (laughs) His transgressions against man. Yeah. (laughs) Executed by the Kaiser. (laughs) Santa Claus trampled by reindeer. Beaten with coal in a sock. (laughs) (laughs) So as not to show bruises. (laughs) Yes. Sometime later, the crew's last words were found. After the wreck, a message in a bottle from the Rouse Simmons washed onto the shore at Sheboygan, Wisconsin. Whoa. That is Sheboygan, I can confirm. Yes, I've... It had been corked using a piece of pine tree, and other than the occasional trees caught in fishing nets, 
was the only remains of the vessel discovered for many years. It read, quote, Friday, everybody goodbye. I guess we are all through. During the night, the small boat washed overboard, leaking bad. Involved and Steve lost too. God help us. So Steve Smith was on board, Brian. Steve Smith was on board and also involved uh, Gebrats and... I don't know. Hans. Yeah. Wow. Sure. A real, a real uh, motley Carl, ca- so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gustav and Sven lost two. <laughs> the month after the wreck, Christmas trees and wreckage were discovered on the shore at Pentwater, Michigan. Years later, in 1924, a fishing net pulled up a wallet belonging to Captain Schuneman. The wallet was preserved and wrapped in oil skin. It contained business cards, a newspaper clipping, and an expense memorandum. Huh. Yeah. And a Dave and Buster's card. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In the immediate aftermath of the wreck, Schoenemann's wife and their two daughters continued his business of sailing Christmas trees by schooner to Chicago to sell. Oh, that's nice. The practice of shipping trees by schooner ended soon after the sinking of the Ross Simmons due to the use of railways and highways, not to mention tree farms. In 1920, it had all but ceased. They should bring it back. I feel like there's a market for that. It's cool, right? Yeah, in the People LA would River. Be into that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Schoenemann's wife and daughters also stopped shipping trees by schooner, instead, transporting the trees by train and then using the boat as a platform to sell trees. I guess that makes more I would, sense. I would go to the marina to get a tree. Yeah, that's still pretty cool. Yeah, that's fun. After his wife's death in 1933, the daughters sold trees from the family's lot for a few more years. Can you imagine how relieved those daughters were to be done with Christmas trees after the wife died? Like, I'll well, bet they still it did really it for a few more good. years. Yeah, but just they to make close it look out their good. accounts. They probably had yeah. some excess inventory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably weren't even running it. No, you know, they had the it, daughters yeah. showing them in. Yeah, yeah. They probably had such terrible memories of having to hoist those trees up the Chicago River up to that God. dock because you know they were having to do a lot of that. Of course. So, the wreck of the Rouse Simmons was discovered nearly 60 years later in 1971 by Milwaukee scuba diver Gordon Kent Bell Richard. Bell Richard was searching for the Vernon, a 700-ton steamer that had sunk in a storm in October 1887 and had been told about an area in which local fishermen had frequently snagged their nets. When his sonar appeared to have located something, he dove down to a shipwreck on the bed of the lake 172 feet below. Bell Richard managed to survey the wreckage with his hands and concluded that he had instead found the Simmons. A forensic study of the wreck was later conducted. It found that the rust was still able to be steered and it was sailing for shelter when it sank. Whoa! Yeah. The mizzen mast had snapped off above the deck and its upper portion was not located. The main mast was found to the port side of the wreck with its base missing. The foremast was intact and lay nearly parallel but on top of the main mast, suggesting at least one of these masts fell out of the mast step as the ship sank. As to what caused the wreck, there are several theories. Archivist Glenn V. Longacre wrote that factors include, okay, Longacre and Bell Richard are two <laughs> names in the same, like, whatever. Academia is full of guys like this. Uh, so he, oh, yeah. he wrote that factors included the possibility that the vessel lost its ship's wheel in the storm, its poor physical condition, heavy icing and snow on the vessel's exterior and load, and the load of 3,000 to 5,000 evergreen trees. <laughs> That's my pick. That's hmm. my pick. Yeah. <laughs> All covered in ice? Yeah. Oh, my God. One of these things is not like the other. But it's wood, Brian. It should all float. <laughs> it's like that that one tweet. It's like, help me budget, please. I buy this much food, this much gas, 3,000 candles a month. 
please, my family is starving. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the classic drill tweet. The, the, yeah. yeah. An underwater archaeological survey was conducted in 2006 by the Wisconsin Historical Society. It found that the Rouse-Simmons anchor chain, masts, and spar were all lying forward beyond the bow of the wreck. The location of these items suggests that the schooner's weight was in the bow, causing it to nosedive into the heavy seas and founder. Another explanation may be that the masts, rigging, and chains were all shoved forward when the vessel dove into the lake bed during its descent to the bottom. After the rest's discovery, many of the trees were still in the ship's hold. Two were removed and were shown as exhibits. Several items recovered from the wreck, including the ship's wheel, are now housed in Rogers Street Fishing Village Museum in Two Rivers, Wisconsin. The ship's anchor was retrieved and now stands at the entrance to the Milwaukee Yacht Club. Huh. Hey, if you've been to either of these uh, places, please get at us with some with some pics. We'd yeah. love to see it. Yeah. Um, those are always my favorite. To All see. Milwaukee Yacht Club members, please tweet at us. I mean, we got we got multiple pictures of the Vasa Museum, so I feel like this is a very doable. Oh yeah. So all, all you Milwaukee yachters and uh, two riversers, ites, Ians. There are a number of legends that have grown up around the sinking of the Rouse Simmons. One was that prior to its departure from Thompson, rats living aboard the ship were seen making their way to tried land as if they had a premonition of its doom. After the wreck, some Lake Michigan mariners claimed to have spotted the Rouse Simmons appearing out of nowhere Ooh. to sell trees. <laughs> Ghost trees. Visitors to the gravesite of Scheunemann's wife in Chicago's Acacia Park Cemetery claim there is the scent of evergreens present in the air. Maybe there's like a Douglas fir or something yeah, nearby. Yeah, there's just a pine <laughs> tree close. Yeah. <laughs> right right Did anyone yeah, turn yeah. around? Yeah, I mean, yeah. like, wouldn't it make sense that the woman with the, uh, you know... And big in the Christmas tree business that maybe people are leaving. Yeah, yeah, they're leaving. Uh, you think they're leaving trees for her on I her think grave? They're maybe a, no, like trees. a smattering of, of needles. Okay. Heroin needles. Maybe yeah, yeah. like Egyptian royalty, heroin. they buried her. <laughs> they buried her with her favorite tree. Yeah, and they entombed her daughters as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and a couple of cats. As they should. And the servants. As they should. A number of documentaries, plays, musicals, and folk songs have been written about the ship and its crew. Mm -hmm. It's always strange to me when you look up, like, you know, in the Wikipedia section, like, in media, and there's always, like, plays written about everything. Who the hell is writing a play? Who, in general, or about Yeah, who's this? still writing plays? Uh, I guess at this time it makes sense, because movies weren't, you know... A huge thing then. Somebody working so. a scam from the National Endowment of Arts. That, it's probably makes sense. that. Yeah. Yeah. Scam some grant yeah. money. There was a theater by me that I was always, like my old place that I lived in was like, who, how is this in business? Little Victor, your Christmas tree's <laughs> not coming. It's how sank in Lake in Michigan. Each year in early December, the final voyage of Captain Scheunemann and the Rouse Simmons is commemorated by the U.S. Coast Guard Cutter Mackinac which makes the journey from northern Michigan to deliver a load of hundreds of Christmas trees to needy families. In need Aww. of Christmas trees? That's nice. Well, that's... No, they're not in need of Christmas trees, but give now, they get, else, now they get they one. Give them now and they food? get a tree. It, you know, after hearing you read this story, I wouldn't have been surprised if there was like a marine biologist named Cutter Mackinac. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, there'd be like an initial in there be. too, though. Yeah, Cutter C. Yeah. It'd be like S Cutter Mackinac. S, S yeah. Cutter. The first is initial scutter? is the craziest way to do it. I mean... Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't. It's make the it most annoying. Yeah, it's yeah. The most annoying. Like just drop it entirely. Just go what's by. Your, what's go your by your name? middle name <laughs> yeah. if that's what you want to yeah. do. Yep. What's your middle name, Patrick? Alexander. 
P. Alexander Brown. Yeah, I mean, that does sound like someone from one of our stories. Yeah, it does, but, you know. P. Alex. <laughs> P. A. Brown. <laughs> That's what I do. Just yeah. two initials. Yeah, I do like that. Yeah, yeah. Brian, I remember yours being good, too. David. Yeah, and my dad's BD David. Gar. BD Gar. BD Gar is pretty yeah, good. Yeah, BD Gar. Yeah. That's a rancher, yeah. baby, an oil man. Yeah, yeah. That's not bad. I just have CA. We've talked about this. The women folk don't get that treatment. What are you talking about? CA McGrath? CA McGrath? That yeah. sounds like any of Yeah, that sounds like no, any the, of these. The vowels don't. Uh, nah. Whatever. Sure. I Sure. If, you, if you're asking me, okay. which I would hope you do, I hope I'm considered. No. <laughs> no. Guys, I have another story that originates in the same year as the Rath Simmons, 1868. Oh, cool. Okay. But we go to the far off waters of Russia. Mm -hmm. uh, I was looking around for an honorable mention, uh, maybe unsurprisingly, if you're an avid listener to this show, most news that gets reported on around ships and boats is uh, awful and tragic and usually involves like war or like needless death. And uh, I mean, we cover a lot of that, but we try to lighten it in the honorable mention. So uh, a lot of bummers out there. So let's let's take this back to the 19th century in Russia and a warship design that was um, unique. Really good? No. Well... I mean, really good in terms of it's fun to look at. Yeah. The Russian monitor Novgorod was a vessel constructed for the Imperial Russian Navy, and it's lived on in infamy as one of the worst warships ever built. It's crazy. It is crazy <laughs> looking. So in 1868, uh, it was actually built a few years later, but, you know, the same year the Rath Simmons was built, a Scottish shipbuilder was advocating for the widening of ships mm -hmm. uh, so that less so, like, the draft would be more shallow and you could use more armor and, like, uh, carry more weight for how big the ship was. And um, the then Rear Admiral of the Imperial Russian Navy, Andrei Alexandrovich Popov, Popov, mm -hmm. Popov, Popov. Popov. Like the Popov. Vodka. Yeah. Uh, he he liked this idea and took it to its absolute extreme and pushed the sides out until the ship was almost completely round. This thing looks so <laughs> stupid. It looks... It looks I'm look, I just pulled it up. It looks like Homer Simpson made it. Yeah. Like, the, 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 it looks yeah. like that car he designed. It, it is. is the dumbest, one of the dumbest looking things I've ever seen. It's got nothing like, about this. And like, oh, it's a steamship. Too, it looks I'm like sure. something that like you would have maybe like a smaller version of that you would like cruise around very calm waters with as like like a lake boat, like a swan boat or something like. But it looks like a bath toy that the, you put yeah, the Paw Patrol yeah, yeah, yeah. members in. Yeah, it's so dumb. Yeah, yeah, it looks like a Roomba. <laughs> like it's it just floats on there and. <laughs> It was, there were detractors in the day, but of course. Like, they went ahead and made it like a yeah. warship. Um, and so apparently in testing, it seemed to be performing well. Um, Cause you know, the idea is it could, you know, shower draft, different weight distribution. You know, if you have that much surface area underneath and a wider ship, you can actually like uh, carry more things with less material for the hull. But uh, when it went out into the real world, it was beset by issues. Um, it lost really? speed extremely quickly in oh, like okay. rough waters. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, it's not sleek. Like no. a boat with the with a straight keel. Real, I mean, it had a keel, I think. But like <laughs> this thing is just pushing water. It's yeah. like a. <laughs> I, I don't even know. Um, I it, mean, why would you? Why would being wider? 
<laughs> of course, that makes it more difficult. To like... um, steering was a difficult task for the ship. It took 45 minutes to complete a full circle. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, and once in a storm, uh, it lost. It completely lost headway. It just completely, yeah, yeah, it literally got turned around because you know, you can't tell where the front of the ship is, I don't think. Yeah. And so... Yeah, the Russian monitor Novgorod was eventually was eventually retired from the warship game. It became a coastal defense ship. Nice desk job. I'm sure it did. Uh, it's, really it's lived on in legend and infamy. Um, a couple of the myths that I've seen. This uh, is the ship equivalent of the like. Ah, okay, boys. Sorry, boys. <laughs> I let in some more uh, people through our coastal <laughs> defenses. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, what looks this like, ship is. it looks <laughs> like this ship is like the nephew of an admiral that it gets to work, but it has a very yes. ceremonial job, and it's just bullied and made yeah. fun of, mocked by. Oops, I missed you. I'll come back around in forty-five minutes. Yeah. Hey, wait for me. It looks like <laughs> it looks like it would move around like the puck in air hockey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a hovercraft, but in the water. Mm -hmm. So yes, losing yes. all benefits of a hovercraft. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it had some like, you know, myths and legends that have you know spread around. Um, <clears throat> one of them is that it was supposedly a coffee stain on the blueprints that was misidentified as what the ship was supposed <laughs> to look like. I That's I awesome. personally don't believe it, but yeah. it's it could be possible. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. Uh, and also there was a myth that the guns when shot because it had two guns yeah. on it. Um, which is, this is like giving like a child, like a bow and arrow, like it's not going to be good. Yeah. Um, there was a myth that when it would fire from one side, it would, the ship would spin and list because of the force exerted. I mean, that makes sense, right? It does, but it was because the guns were on a turntable that had a faulty locking system. So oh. it would spin the turntable. <laughs> so like oh. that still will be misreported, but I yeah. mean, it's, it's still a very funny idea. So I just wanted to shout out this this exceptionally strange and wildly stupid looking vessel. Maybe the the most absurd thing. One I've, of the dumbest. I've, it's one of the dumbest looking ships. Yeah. Uh, and I also I wanted to thank the Twitter account Dreadnought Holiday. Um, they're a great follow if you're interested in shipwrecks and interesting ships. They post a lot of threads um, with with cool images of old ships. So um, shouts out. Go give them a follow. They yeah. don't follow us. This is completely for them. Oh wow, we just gave them free publicity. And they yeah. Even um, I, well, I mean, we we don't we we don't endorse any. Uh, sure. <laughs> if they if they yeah, go around yeah. a milkshake duck, like don't look at ship hits the fan. Our yeah, hands yeah. are clean. Okay. <laughs> um, but very good threats from what I've seen. All right. Well, we got some news, Brian. God, I'm nervous now that it's here. Yeah. I know. Um. Yeah, so this is my last ship hits the fan. Uh, it's my last uh, uh, last one. I'm leaving Rooster Teeth, and everybody's wondering what what's next. And the answer is very simple: becoming a professional Mario Kart streamer. Yeah, so, I think you've got what it takes. Blue skies ahead. Nothing. Everybody is going to want to race a 46 year old dad in Mario Kart. So yeah, hit me up at Twitch. Dot TV slash Brian Gar. Mm -hmm. Brian with an I. Gar has two A's. G A A R. Uh, yeah, I'll be there. I'll be on Twitter. Same same address. But it's been um, it's been awesome. Like this has been. Uh, I remember hearing that they, you know, 
oh, Patrick and Charlotte want to do this podcast on shipwrecks. That was like in January of this year, and they want you to produce it. And it's been a blast. Like I've like sort of being a part of the creation of this podcast and seeing what it's grown into is, is, has been really awesome. Like I I've just really, really enjoyed it. The, the, it's just been a blast. Yeah. And you were, I mean, a huge part of what made it so much fun and successful. Uh, so yeah. And I, I mean, we're not gonna, we're not gonna replace, if you're wondering, we're not gonna like have a third host, uh, it's just going to be the two of me and Charlotte now. Um, we are going to be taking a small hiatus. Try right? to, you, you know, understand? put this boat back on the rails. Because, yeah, I mean. Dry, we're dry docking the podcast. For people who don't know, <laughs> uh, Brian was also our producer. Well, more importantly, our writer. Mm-hmm. So Brian did all the writing. <laughs> and the head of security. Uh, as, as producer, I'm not sure what Brian's role was. <laughs> to, to be totally uh, transparent. To, uh, <laughs> honestly, to make sure everyone was here on time and to hit record and yeah, send yeah. out calendar invites, I think. Yes, that's, that's yes. That's the long and short of it. <laughs> but uh, no, Brian, was uh, you have been an, an invaluable resource both on mic and off. Uh, so we are going to be taking a few... A few weeks. Uh, I don't. I'm not sure how long yet, but just to sort of sort everything out, figure out how we uh, move on from here, uh, with you know a new writer, or we mm-hmm. might be taking on the writing responsibilities ourselves. Not really sure how it's going to happen, but we need a few weeks to figure that all out. Uh, obviously, this. Yeah, it was. It was. You know, a bit sudden. Yeah. Uh, not. Not Brian's fault. No, but, not uh, Brian's at all. We. Uh, yeah. So, I don't know, Brian. Thank you for everything. <laughs> yeah, we, we uh, like. I can only echo what Patrick said, but um, we're sorry to see you go, and we uh, we've loved doing this with you. It was so nice to have a project the three of us could uh, riff on since Inside Game uh, Inside Gaming uh, Daily ended, and so uh, yeah, I, I guess in in spirit of the show, uh, I'm doing a I'm saluting and I'm saying may your bones bleach in these sands. Yeah, give it. Everyone give Brian a, a big uh, bones. Big bones. Everyone bleach their bones a little extra today for old BG. <laughs> I need to leave him in the bleach for a couple of minutes. Yeah, yeah. we just, we're, we're really grateful uh, to you and uh, excited to hey, see thanks. what you do. Yeah. It, it's, 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 uh, yeah, I, I, uh, you'll, you, I got some ideas. I got some things. Uh, we'll just stay tuned. Stay tuned. But yeah, yeah this yeah, has been a blast. Can... Y'all are Y'all are my two, like, I, I feel like the, just the sense of humor, I feel like, has been so much fun to just, yeah, riff with, with y'all. And, and, you know, we started out together in Inside Gaming. And so, yeah, it was fun. Uh, it was fun to kind of reconvene like this. And, yeah, it, it has been an absolute blast and one of my favorite things I've done at Rooster Teeth. So thank you. And to everybody in the audience, thank you so much for listening. Yeah. Go follow Brian on Go everything. Go follow Brian Twitch, everywhere. Twitter, wherever. The mall. Yeah, I'll the be mall. streaming a lot. Yeah. I'll be on all the time. Daytime streams. Oh, yeah. Daytime and we are, streams. and we're gonna we're gonna put out Brian's address if you want to send him anything. Uh his, his personal <laughs> address. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna dox our friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Love that. Love that. Check out that Amazon special. Uh, oh yeah, Brian is an Amazon special if you didn't know that. Oh yeah, I'm gonna be doing some more. I'm gonna be. I'm trying to get another hour together. That's another. Is it about wokeness? Working on. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and how I'm not afraid to uh, punch down. Uncensored. Yeah. Well, you gotta let us know. You yeah. gotta let us know when that's if you do record that special because I will. Yeah, we'll come, be there. I will come to Austin. Uh, yeah, I'll. Oh, that'll be awesome. I'll yeah, I definitely Austin. will. Okay. 
Yeah. That would be so cool. All right. Thanks, everybody. May your bones bleach in these sands. And yeah, thanks for your patience. Give us a few weeks. We will be back. Yeah. Keep an eye on the feed and um, keep following us on Twitter because we will be keeping you posted there. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.